When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, hello, hello. Welcome back to I Almost Died, the podcast about how I, Ben of the Week, aka Ben of the Week, Miyamo Ben de Almeida, almost died. Today's story is uh, okay, first of all, I feel like I'm literally filming an ASMR video with this microphone. This this thing is so funny. I literally like am holding back from tapping on it. If you if you're listening in, you can't see it, but I'm holding a big old chunky microphone. Like I literally want to eat something. I want to eat something so bad in front of this microphone. I'm going to have one little melatonin chocolate, which is going to be interesting because I don't really want to fall asleep. So if I just like fall off my chair, like you know what happened, like don't call the police. It's okay. Okay, ready for the ASMR? You're not ready. I'm so sorry. Okay. Wait, this is actually really good. I've never had melatonin before. Is this gonna make me like pass out? I don't really care. Anyways, <laughs> welcome to episode two of I Almost Died. Today's story is a little bit of a flashback, a little bit of a throwback. This happened to me in middle school. And this was how I almost died at the hands of my bully. So I don't know. Is that like, I guess, I guess if you've been bullied before, maybe you can relate to this or if you, um, well, hopefully you can't relate to this. Hopefully your bully has never almost killed you like my bully did. Anyways, I guess to start the story, we have to go back and let me tell you about who I was as a nasty 13 year old. I think I was 13 in middle school. That makes sense. I can't do math. I'm not going to do the math. Some people can be like, yeah, in grade six, I was 14 years old. I'm not going to be able to figure that out. Like, it's not going to happen. Anyways, let's, I, I'm pretty sure I was 13. And I had no friends. I was a little Minecraft nerd. A little wee Minecraft nerdy wordy. And <laughs> I had like my group of friends, which was me and two other people. They were also Minecraft nerds. We got along very well. The connection you have with someone when you're a middle schooler and all your friends just play video games all day and you also play video games all day and don't play any sports or go outside in the slightest, it's a beautiful connection. It's a beautiful friendship, truly, what we had. So I really didn't venture outside of my social group, um, outside of these two people. Like my day-to-day life would be walking to school I'd sit through my classes. I'd sit at the back because I was anxious and didn't want to talk to anyone. And whenever we did a group project, I would want to drop out 
of grade seven. Um, so I never really like, I never really was like got out there or talked to people. Um, like literally have, I'm pretty sure three quarters of the school like did not know my name. Like if I was walking through the halls and a pipe fell out of the ceiling and hit me in the head. Whoever witnessed that horrific accident would have to like go run to a teacher and they would probably not know my name. They'd be like, there's a small brown child on the floor. A pipe hit, it hit his head and he's bleeding out. So I was not popular. If you couldn't, if you couldn't put two and two together, um, I was not very popular in middle school or high school or elementary school, any of the schools, not college either. I dropped out. Anyways, I, yeah, I basically had no friends. And this, the way, this story happened um, on a day when my friends weren't at school, which really freaking sucked because like I mentioned, they were my only friends at school. And these two friends, they, for some reason, would never come to school. Like, my one friend, let's call him Bobby. Bobby had, like, this weird, like, condition where he would, like, never, ever, like, come to school. Like, he, he like, would always be at home. I think he was allergic to something. Maybe air. I don't know. He would miss, I swear to God, he missed half of the school year. But, so he was never there. And then this one day, let's call her um, Janessa. Janessa just didn't happen, just happened to not be at school either that day. So it was literally just me by myself, hell, hellfire, literally hell. Like the worst feeling you can imagine when you get to school and none of your friends are there. And you, it's like you're in the wild. It's like you're a wild hyena and the tigers are approaching and you're looking for a rabbit or something to eat to survive. And the, the tigers are closing. I was scared. I was very scared. Um, so I went through my classes, you know, I really just like, kept to myself as I would normally do in the rare time that this would happen, that my friends wouldn't come. Now, at my middle school for lunchtime, like what would happen was you would eat and then you were allowed to go outside for like recess. Um, There's like a playground and like a field, but no one will use a playground. Everyone would just like stand around in their field and like talk in like the little groups and be like, I don't know why in my brain, everyone in middle school was just demons. Actually, that's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. Anyways, um, so I ate my lunch alone. Eating my lunch alone vibes. Um, I'm trying to think what I would eat for lunch as a middle schooler. My mom packed some fire lunches sometimes. It'd be like a pepperoni stick, a cheese stick, fruit snacks, baby. Yup. And then I'd usually get like a dollar twenty-five to like buy like a like a fat bag of chips from the vending machine, like some sun chips. Oh, mama! Oh, mama! Those hit. That was a real good depression meal as a middle schooler. My sun chips, my pepperoni stick, my cheese stick. Sometimes I would take a bite of all three. Baby, let me tell you, Gordon Ramsay has got nothing on my booty. He has nothing on my booty. Anyways. I would so I ate my lunch alone, which was really fun, really swag. And then it was time to go outside. Now this takes place. This story, this tale, it takes it takes place in winter time in Canada. This I think this was like it must have been like January or February, which is like one of the coldest months of the year. Like right now it's February, and I'm in LA right now. But my mom told me that it is literally minus forty degrees. So. Kind of never want to go back there again, but um, it was very cold out, but we were allowed outside for some reason because they just hate us. And now you're probably like thinking, oh, like 
I mean, at least you can go outside and just go do something else. You can go hide in a bush or something. It's not like lunchtime where all of the lunch tables and it's really awkward if you're sitting alone. You would think, you would think. So I, I freaking go outside. I have like my little winter mittens. I have my winter pants that repel snow. And I have my winter jacket, my winter toque, and my winter earmuffs to keep me very warm. And I go outside. And the villain of this story, my bully, let's get to him. Let's call him, YOLO, we're just going to use his real name, Ricardo. Ricardo, if you're watching this, I literally hope you burn. Oh, that got dark. Just kidding. Hope you burn your finger on a hot bowl of soup. Uh, so, um, Ricardo is like one of those like kind of bullies that like just hates everyone for no reason. Like literally no reason. Like just has a vendetta against everyone and no one really likes them either. It's not like one of those like popular bullies where people would be like, hey... And then they'd be, and then people would like them for some odd reason. This man's literally no one liked. So maybe, maybe he had a reason to be so negative and so hateful. Not a justified reason, but maybe that's where that came from. I am not a psychologicalist. I don't know. Anyways, he, um, he would occasionally do things to me, like push me into a locker. I know that sounds like the most like cliche bullying thing, but he would literally do that. It's like, come on, Ricardo, Ricardo. You can do better than that. You can think of something better than push me in my locker. He would like steal things from my lunch. He'd be like, give me your cheese. And be like, nah, okay, yeah. Because I'm a pushover. <laughs> um, and so he, he would kind of just roam around. He was like a rabid dog just like waiting to attack someone. Uh, and he would just like roam around the schoolyard. And so... In our schoolyard, uh, we had this kind of like parking lot that we were allowed to like play at. It was like not used during the day. But in Canada, whenever there's a parking lot or a road and snow falls, they have to clear it, obviously. Otherwise, like you can't get through. It's snow, like it's it's fluffy and your car won't go through. So um, like once a month, they would have these huge like caterpillar dozers just like push all the snow off and make a giant pile of the snow and then more snow would land on it. And this thing would become a freaking mountain. Like, I'm talking like this thing was like the Mount Everest of Canada. It was huge. And everyone would play on it. I literally don't understand how the teachers, like, didn't stop all of us children from climbing all over this mountain. It was clearly dangerous. Like, what are y'all doing? Huh? Huh? Anyways... I, I used to love going on it with my two friends. Like we would, we would, we felt pretty unstoppable. We felt like some baddies when it was like the three of us together. And so we weren't really scared of like the popular kids or like any of our bullies. So we're like, whatever, like let's go on the mountain. But this day, since I was all alone, like I really wanted to go on it because it was really freaking fun. But I didn't really want to go alone because that's awkward. So... I just looked at myself in the camera who regretted that. Ew. <laughs> Anyways. So I was like just kind of pacing around by myself. Mind you, I had a phone. So like I could have just played games on my phone. I was one of the first kids in my grade to have a phone. Let me tell you that. Or an iPhone 4. Don't know how I finessed that. But I was one, I was one of the OGs. All these, all these children had flip phones. 
and like jitterbugs. I was up with an iPhone 4. Anyways, not to flex or anything. I I was just wandering around like desperately finding something to do. And I was like, there was like 10 minutes left at lunchtime. So I'm like, okay, like I'll just go back. But then I'm like, no, I want to go on my snow mountain. I want to go on my snow mountain and I want to have lots of fun on my snow mountain because the snow mountain is lots of fun. So I walk over to the snow mountain and there was a few people that I kind of knew, like people that I would like have classes with that who were like kind of friendly with me um, that I like saw on the mountain. So I'm like, okay, I'll go over there. And I like, I, I, I don't know how I did this, but I started talking to like some of them and I was like, hey, hey, babushka, what's up? Why did I use the name babushka? That is literally not a name of a middle schooler. Anyways, um, so I was like, I honestly was having a good old time. Like I was chilling on this mountain and I see out of the corner of my eye, Ricardo. Ricardo is coming up to me. And I'm like, oh my God, please, Ricardo, leave me alone. Uh." And he starts talking to me in like the typical condescending tone, like the good old bully tone. He's like, hey, loser. I don't know if that's what he said. This was a long time ago. Plus, what I'm about to say will explain why my memory of this story is not completely all there. So I just remember him being really condescending to me. And this is where the details get foggy because I wake up. (laughs) I wake up and everyone's gone. And I'm very confused. One moment, I was standing on this ice mountain. The next, I'm freezing cold in the snow. My head is bleeding. (laughs) And there's no one there. I'm assuming, like, everyone had gone back to class. And from here, my thoughts, like, I really can't. I barely cannot. I I cannot remember what happened. I'll tell you what the witnesses told me (laughs) so ricardo apparently thought it would be a fun old idea to push me off the ice mountain for no reason for literally no reason and what did he do he did it he pushed me off i fell probably 10 feet and hit my head on a chunk of ice i don't know some of y'all might live in the desert So I don't know if you know how, what ice is. It's basically like a rock, like a big old chunk of rock. He pushed me off and I hit my head. And this is a classic tale of, so no one's going to help her? (laughs) Because when the bell rang, everyone just went back inside. (laughs) Not a single person checked on me. (laughs) oh this is kind of sad this is kind of sad actually also i feel the melatonin chocolate kicking (laughs) um no one checked on me they literally saw there was at least 20 children on the ice cliff and they all saw me get shoved off this ice cliff smash my head against an ice chunk and they all just left and went to class so When I tell y'all I was bullied, like, I mean it, mamas. I mean it. So, I will tell you where my mind was at after we take a quick short break. I'll be right back. 
Hang in there, baby mama. Okay. Hello. Welcome back. So, <laughs> I'm laying there in the cold, blood on my face, everyone is gone. As a 13-year-old who was also randomly obsessed with, like, zombies and stuff, this was terrifying. Like, when I tell you I actually thought I, like, there was an apocalypse and everyone was dead. Like, first of all, my brain wasn't working. I couldn't even compose a thought. Like, all I remember is waking up and then just stumbling around, like, like wandering and stumbling. Like, I hit my head freaking hard. So here is what teachers and some witnesses told my family and me after, after that happened. First person to find me was a teacher. Now, this was literally the meanest teacher we had at the school. So I don't know why he, like, was the one who rescued me. That's kind of weird. But, um... Like, my school, like, you couldn't leave. Like, it wasn't, like, a, like some high schools where you can, like, leave for lunch or stuff. Like, you were expected to be in your class. So, like, if you were missing from your class, like, they'd be, like, obviously concerned. It's, like, where are you? Like, where did you wander off to? Um, so, this teacher finds me wandering around in the halls when it's class. Like, I'm supposed to be in class, not wandering around. And he, like, apparently he came up to me and was, like, Ben, like, what are you doing? And I was not even... Bro, I was off the dome. I was, I was like barely forming sentences, like not making any sense. I was like, "I, where's the cobblestone generator? We have to defeat another dra- another dragon." <laughs> like, like I can't remember exactly what he told me, but he told like my family that I was just not making any sense. Like I was not forming sentences. Like I was gone, baby. I was off the dome. <laughs> So he took me to the nurse's office and he saw that I had blood on my face. And he was like, oh, oh that's not good. That is indeed not good. So he kind of like go, he went, I believe he went to my class and kind of like asked what happened, which is so embarrassing. Like thinking back, oh my God, imagine like people don't care about you that much that they leave you for dead out in like minus 20 degrees weather. And <laughs> They're just sitting in class, and then the teacher comes in and says, who pushed Ben off the ice cliff? And why would y'all just leave him there? <laughs> so, so he, like, asks the class, and a few of, like, a few people pipe up, and I guess they were like, oh, like, we just thought he was, like, being silly, or, like, I don't know. Like, no one could really give a definitive answer, because no one really cared. No one was, like keeping tabs on me or like like they thought I was just laying down for some reason for funsies after being pushed off an ice cliff and clearly hitting my head and bleeding. <laughs> so so he like kind of gets like he pieces together um what happened. Like I guess some kids uh told him that I got pushed off of this ice cliff. And so he goes back to the nurse's office and by now like they had called my dad and I started texting my dad because, like I said, I had my iPhone 4, but the texts weren't making any sense. It was so funny. I like to look back at them sometimes. I was, like, literally saying, like, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Like I said, I'm hurt, like, 20 times in a row. <laughs> and I was, like, take me to the hospital, please. I'm going to call 911. Like, I in my brain, I must have thought, like, I was dying. I remember it was the strangest feeling. It felt like my brain was resetting, like, every 10 seconds. Like, it was scary. It was really scary. And so, like, I was texting my dad, and he was, like, 
freaking out because like i guess i texted him before the school even had the chance to call him because they had to like look through like their records and stuff and i couldn't give him my phone number but he was in my contact so i just texted him and he's like freaking out coming to the school to like pick me up so he gets there and he picks me up and my dad's like i think he was like crying it's like come on now like (laughs) there wasn't much in my brain to begin with like it's not that tragic if 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 anything's out of whack. So he picks me up and takes me to the hospital. Well, first, actually, we went to like this doctor, I think. I remember he was like getting frustrated with me because I literally was making no sense. I was like, like just talking, literally just talking for like saying nothing but speaking. <laughs> so uh, first we went to like urgent care or like a doctor's office. And he was like doing the, I guess he shined the light in my eye, whatever you do for like a concussion. And he said, yeah, you should probably, you should probably go to the emergency. So then my dad took me to the emergency, I guess. Like I said, I, I remember pieces of this, like the tiniest pieces. And one of the things that the doctor said was don't let him sleep. Do not let him sleep. Because apparently when you get a concussion, you can go into a coma. And I remember hearing that made me so mad because I was so sleepy. All I wanted to do was sleep. I literally don't think there was a time in my life where I had been more tired. Like the thought of just going to sleep felt so good. Like there's blood running from my head. I can't form a thought. I'm like, okay, sleepy time. And every time I would like close my eyes for more than a second, my dad would like wake me up. He'd be like, Ben, get up. And I'm like, I don't want to sleep. Like, what? I don't care if I go in a coma. Like, whatever. It's whatever. I'll just wake up eventually. Like, come on. So, so we get to the emergency room, and like in Canada, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's different in other places, but at least in Canada, you go to the emergency room, mamas, you're gonna be there for like eight hours. It was hell, literally hell. I think we got there probably at like two p.m. I think we went home at ten p.m. Like insane i cannot believe how long it took so i i like once again i was just in this waiting room trying to sleep so bad i wanted nothing more to just be than to just be asleep and i kept like going to the bathroom (laughs) and sneaking in little naps i would lay down on the ground in the bathroom of this emergency room in the hospital and sleep for like five minutes And then I'd like set an alarm on my phone to wake me back up so I could go back out so my parents didn't think I died. But like that sleeping felt so good. Like I know I probably could have gone into a coma in the bathroom of the emergency room in the hospital. But oh my God, those were maybe some of the best naps of my life. Like if you ever, if you ever can't fall asleep, a quick little concussion will do the trick. Just kidding. Uh, So, and also I threw up. Like after the third nap, I was like, oh, (laughs) my son chips my pepperoni stick and my cheese stick is kind of gonna come back up. So I threw up. And after I threw up, I felt amazing. I don't know what happened. It's almost like when you, (laughs) some of y'all might not relate to this, but when you've had a little bit too much silly juice, wink, wink, to drink, and you're feeling a little bit nauseous, and then you throw up and then you're completely fine. It's the weirdest feeling. I guess like that even happens for me with like motion sickness. I get motion sick really easily. And like 
all it takes is throwing up and I'm like back on that horse, baby. Like I'm thriving. So like I threw up in this bathroom after taking like my fourth nap. Like I don't know how my parents didn't like get suspicious. Like, hey, Ben, where you going, little buddy? (laughs) What you doing in that bathroom repeatedly for five minutes at a time? And so I threw up and I walked out of there and I just wanted to prove to my parents how good I felt. I was like dancing around in this emergency room. There's like people that like had heart attacks or like getting rushed in by the ambulance. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa. Like literally dancing around. I was like being so extra. I was like running like laps around the thing. Like, I don't know. That was just me as a kid. I just always wanted to like prove people wrong or whatever so anyways finally after like six hours we finally get into a hospital bed and i started like the panic started setting in because i see people with like ivs and like needles in them and stuff and i was like oh no baby no mamas that's not gonna happen i really i really dislike needles needles and pills i can't take so i was terrified like to this day i can't swallow pills and I hate needles. I had to go to Bali recently. Uh, if you watched the last episode, you might remember. But uh, I had to get a bunch of travel immunizations. And when I got the needles, I was literally crying. I was 20 years old and crying in the doctor's office. So that's really fun. Um, but 13-year-old me was like double scared of that, triple scared of needles. So I was like, I need to just, I need to put on the performance of a lifetime to act like I don't have a concussion. Even if I have a concussion, I'm not letting them clock me with that. I'm getting out of here. You, like, you will not catch me getting a needle on my arm or having to swallow one pill. So I sat in that, I sat in that bed. My mom and dad were there, which was so random because they're divorced. That was like the one of the few times I've seen them together. Kind of crazy. That's a whole other story. Anyways, I'm like laying in this bed and the doctor comes and he's like, hey, little buddy, what's wrong? I heard you hit your head. And I'm like, yep, I hit my head, doctor. But let me tell you, I am feeling amazing. (laughs) Like, I was so over the top and extra about it. Like, I I really played that. Like, I, I am a drama kid. Like, every inch of me is a drama kid. So I was like, doctor, it's gonna be all right. I, you know what, I'm fine. He's like, well, we're going to have to still do our tests and check up on you to make sure um, you don't have a concussion. So he like shined a little light in my eye. I can't remember what other stuff he did. And at this point, like I remember everything like ever after I threw up, I felt like, like I, I was like completely clear minded. Like it was crazy. So he was like, he was like doing his little lights. And then at finally, like after all his tests, he was like, well, I've never seen a person with a concussion who's in as good spirits as you are, little pal. And he's like, I think you're all right, but just to be safe, um, mom and dad, you, ha- you have to keep them awake all night. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, I felt like I had just killed that performance and I was so ready to go home and just sleep, sleep like an angel, sleep like a baby. And then he tells me I have to be woken up every single hour for the whole night. (laughs) So I'm like, (laughs) okay. But I'm like, you know what? It beats getting a needle or like staying in the hospital overnight. Like that's just absolutely never happening. I've never stayed overnight in the hospital and I don't plan to in my whole life. Like if I ever have to be in the hospital for overnight, 
just euthanize me. I, this is me saying I consent to getting euthanized if I have to spend a night in the hospital. They scare me so much. So I make it home. And of course, my dad wakes me up every single hour of the night. It was pain. It was pain. I literally just wanted to sleep. <laughs> it was so miserable. Anyways, I think I literally went to school the next day, which is the wild part of this all. Like I literally, like one, that's so embarrassing. Like imagine just attempted murder and everyone sees it and no one cares. And then I just pull up to school the next day, like nothing happened. I have to pre pretend like my skull wasn't cracked open. <laughs> so I go to school the next day. I walk into my classes and I'm like, hey. And finally, all the annoying people want to chime in and be like, oh my gosh, Ben. We heard what happened. Are you okay? And the teacher literally sits everyone down and says, as you are all aware, Ben suffered from an accident last night and we need to know who did this. And he starts like lecturing the whole class and he's like, we need to find out who did this to Ben. It was so embarrassing. I literally wish like I had just died right there on that ice cliff. Like, oh my God. Ooh. <laughs> And like, like I never said it was my bully, but everyone kind of knew except for the teacher because he was stupid. So, <laughs> so that was how I almost died. And mind you, I'm gonna I I, I say that's how I almost died because I had I had concussions in the past. Um, so this was like I really thought that was gonna be the concussion to just push me over the edge, and then that would have been it, the end of Ben. Like my brain would have been like mashed potatoes, but. Here I am, to this day, my brain still works, still doing fine, kind of. <laughs> so, thank you so much for, for listening in on this episode. Um, I really do appreciate it. Um, like I said in the previous episode, make sure you tweet me uh, how you almost died with the hashtag I almost died podcast. Yes, I have to grab my phone and look that up. Yes, I made that hashtag, but I also forgot it. Um, please tweet me your stories. Uh, I'm going to start reading them around like episode five. Uh, once I get a good amount, I really want to hear you guys in your death stories. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure to rate this podcast five stars on Apple. Um, and make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. And if you want to see it, uh, in video, if you want to see my little, ugly face you can do it there too um and yeah subscribe also on spotify and apple Podcasts as well um anyways thank you to my producer daniel thank you andrew from studio 71 and also thank you kevin and amy my managers from select i love y'all and i will see you next week <laughs> on the i almost died podcast okay i love you take care stay safe Goodbye, babies. Ah!